0: Hello and welcome back to the final bonus episode for season three of the Littlest Pet Cast. And of course, of course, it would not be season three without one last major delay. I was just really busy and I did not have the time until now. And I've been stressing, and there's like a lot of events that happened and you know stuff so as usual this is our retrospective our chance to look back at everything and uh you know they say hindsight is 2020 but uh i don't think that's always the case cuz sometimes you remember things incorrectly or You know, like, I get why they say it because, like, you know, you have more information now than you did then. But, like, at the same time, some, the further back it goes, like, the fuzzier some details get. Which sends, uh, because of the numerous breaks, uh, that, that might be a bit prone to happen. But I do have my handy notes, uh, if they would load... Oh dear I think uh nope nothing is oh okay. Nope the notes aren't Oh, that note okay. So I actually this season I guess we'll start with that. Uh I guess this season I had to start a new page of notes because like I have a lot of notes, like on the current one like the the original one goes up to like three hundred and fourteen, and that seems oh three hundred it's still adding pages, oh dear, there are a lot, like over three hundred uh and because of that. I experienced, like, a few troubles when taking notes. So, after, uh, Sioux Syndrome, which I know is the third-to-last episode of the season, I switched to a different Google Doc to essentially finish off the series. I thought I could do it, but, you know, it just got to be too much. All right, it doesn't seem to be moving anymore, so the total I have here is 346. Okay, so let's talk about the other thing, the big thing, the elephant in the room. Why were there so many breaks? Well, uh, truth be told, there's not one actual reason for it. It's just uh, my life has gotten a lot busier. I mean, I graduated, I moved again, I'm, like, working now, I'm trying to find work in my field. Some of the breaks were, like, purely for me. Like, I did take a break when uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Field came out because I was excited for the game. But that was just one week, and then, like, the beginning of January was shot because, like, I had, a, like, a road trip planned with, like, my friends to see another friend. So, like, there were, like, multiple reasons why, like, some episodes, uh, like, some months only had, like, two or three episodes instead of, like, the usual four or five. And, like, one of those reasons is that, like, I do get stressed Sometimes and I just need a break. And usually this is what the off season is for. But I mean, this isn't always the thing that stresses me out. Uh, It sometimes can. In this case, it can because I have, like, I don't have over. I have over one hundred notes to deal. One hundred pages of notes to deal with. Cause like I don't know. It's weird. Like, I'll just go through it. No big deal. I'm doing it now because, you know, it's a thing. I, I like doing these recaps. I like taking these looks back and seeing how I have changed as the season progressed. But, like, I was also saying that, like, real life, it gets me stressed out sometimes. And... I don't know, sometimes I don't have the energy or feel the need to record this, and I need time for myself, and I think we can all agree that that is a necessary component of life. So, uh, thoughts on season three in general before we get into the specific breakdowns? Uh... I think season three is, uh, it's, it's hard to say. Like, I think it might be like one of my favorite seasons of the show. If not my favorite, like I might have something to say when season four comes around because like season four has some like really good episodes, but I haven't seen them as often. But, like, season three also has some, like, really good, really strong episodes. E- even in, like, some cases where, like, I I wrote it off initially or something. like Like, th- it had episodes of, like, good quality that surprised me. And it really, like, shows, like, the most potential for the show. Which it doesn't get to as i went through season three and i decided hey we're close enough to the end anyway i might as well just like say these things i'm feeling about that and we will get to that when we get to that uh but like in general i think season three is good it's a good season it's uh it, it's weird in some places but overall I'd say good. Now, let's uh keep it going by delving into I, I Hmm. Well, I guess I should say like if my opinion of the show has changed between seasons I don't think it really has. I guess the biggest thing is like the... Like... Potential coming forward and then being squashed down. It's... It's just... I still find the show good and weird... And fun. It's just... I don't know. It's still mishmashy... It's a little less mishmashy now, or rather, it knows how to walk in those mishmashed shoes at this point in season three. Uh, it's it's still odd. It's still an odd show to deal with. So, let's get right into. Uh, oh, I have false started once again, because cause since, since we're going back to the beginning, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, the other thing about this season is that Netflix has a different order than Air Date Order, And I decided to go with Netflix order because that is the order I'm more familiar with. And for most of season three, I've been posting episodes that, like, some people would consider out of order. But, uh, to me they are in order. They're just in, like, the order I know, the order I'm familiar with. And because it's the one I know and I'm familiar with, I agree that it is the correct order. And I have, like, a few bits of evidence to back this up, but, I mean, the whole production on Littlest Pet Shop was odd to begin with, because, like, Like, okay, I get it. Like, the two wintry episodes, they were moved to be closer to, like, Christmas. And, like, you know, all those winter holidays. But, that does not explain why everything else was moved around. Like, is it, like, production order? Did they just do production order? Maybe... It's... It's odd. Uh... I guess it's just one of these shows' oddities. I did not say that sentence right. So... One last check. See if... Everything... Is good to go. I guess it is. I guess it is. So, for real this time, without further ado, let's get into the episodes specifically. Starting with War of the Weirds. So, I actually kind of like this episode. I'm just putting that out front. I mean... (laughs) It's it's more goofy than anything. But it's nice. It's interesting. I wouldn't say it's bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm looking through my notes actually. Uh and there are some things I forgot, like <laughs> Penny saying that she liked the vet because they gave her seven cookies that she's eating right now. And then Pepper's like Maybe you should have shared those cookies because there are seven of us. Uh man. Uh oh, there's like So many little things. There's a, also like a lot of little jokes about aliens and how they relate back to the pets. It's It's an interesting episode. It also like Like gave me the evidence that like maybe new york split up into four cities cuz they list uh like uptown and midtown city so uh uh like the two biggest things are like the whole alien thing and the biscuits maybe illegally advertising which i like to think they are cuz that that just makes them worse people and Like, I I, I like the image of, like, the Biscuits as terrible. (laughs) It's really, truly terrible. (laughs) And and Mrs. Trombley freaking out over it is interesting. But, like, the crux of the episode is the aliens. And how, like, Blythe doesn't believe in aliens, but the pets do. And... (laughs) I mean, this might have been pointed out in the episode, but, like, Blythe, you can talk to animals. (laughs) An alien should not be that weird. And it's even worse because aliens actually exist in this, as proven at the end of the episode. Where, like, (laughs) the aliens were planning on invading, but Mrs. Trombley yelled so loud that they thought it was a sonic weapon (laughs) that was too powerful for (laughs) them to handle But, like, honestly, my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes in this episode, if not my favorite, is when Blythe is on the phone with Roger. And Roger's like, well, we can't be sure if aliens exist. I mean, there's no proof of it, but, you know, the possibility is out there. Like, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence." That is my roommate's high school graduation <laughs> quote. Uh, Oh boy. So, I like that scene because, like, A, it's a Roger scene, and B, it's a perfectly Roger thing to do. Be kind and courteous while also being slightly irrational. And it's not even that irrational. Like, the possibility that, like, there is life elsewhere like that it just seems astronomically impossible that we're the only things that have life in the entirety of the universe the universe is big man but like it's it's peak roger it's great i love it i love the pets freaking out over the aliens I love Mrs. Tombley freaking out over Fisher Biscuit and his illegal advertising practices. And it's just... It's just a fun episode. I don't know what else I can say. Let's see if I did a thing at the... Oh boy, there's a, there's a lot of notes. Yeah, okay. No, it's just... It's just a fine episode. That's all I have to say. So next. Sorry about the mouse rolling. There's gonna be. Oh. Oh dear. <laughs> yep the next episode is Secret Cupat. Oh. Oh boy. Oh this is. Oh uh, this is. One of my favorite. Episodes. Because of how dumb. How extremely dumb this episode is. It it is Ugh. Oh, I am putty in its hands because I melt whenever I watch this episode. Cause it is so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous that I love it. Okay, so Uh, I guess getting into it, like, the whole thing with The Secret Cupid is just plain nonsense. It is amazing. I love it. I don't know how much more I can say about it without just, like, going over everything again, but I guess that's what we're here to do. So, like, just the, the fact that, like, there's this, pet cupid that like makes people fall in love and russell's like so in love is gross and then gets like gets under her spell cuz it's sugar sprinkles and all she needs is music and like you you have to hear it's oh boy oh And then, like, the way Russell acts, and then eventually Vinny and Sunil, there is, like, a lot to process with that. And I did. Like, the the weird powers that it has. Like, it just... It's just weird. Oh, I love it. I can't... I can't hate it. It's... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just reading through my notes, and it's like, one of my favorite quotes ever is like, you know, señorita, they say Spanish is the language of love. Hola, tortilla, Feliz Navidad, burritos. (laughs) That just kills me. Every time. (laughs) He's just saying random Spanish in an attempt to woo Penny Lane. Oh, I can't. I can't deal. That's. That is just. Oh, goodness gracious. There is just so much about this episode. And then, like, the B plot with Blythe and her feelings regarding Josh Sharp. And, like, how, like, Young Me is like, yo, write down your messiest, most embarrassing feeling. Nothing can go wrong. But enter Roger, who. <laughs> mails the letter anyway oh uh, oh goodness but but they are they are saved by like Russell and the gear running into the mailman there's just so much to this episode I love it and they hide in bushes so many times in this episode. It's it's insane. Oh. I cannot get enough of this episode. It's so... It, it, it makes me smile ear to ear. It's just... Like... Oh, I love it. I love it to pieces. Even though it is ridiculous. I love it because it's ridiculous. Okay. Okay, so next episode, I'm going over to next episode because any more time is just going to be spent, you know, I'm going to hurt my mouth if I keep smiling like this. So, the next episode we have is some assistance required. I'd say this is an alright episode. Um It... It's fine Uh It's some I don't know. I'm I'm less enthusiastic about this episode than last episode. But Eh It's uh It's not terrible. It's it's fine. It's just Uh I don't know. There's just Oh, wow, I'm really coming down off that high. Oh, boy. Like, it's not bad. It's like, Blythe gets into, like, office mischief and hijinks. And then, you know, there's, like, the whole modeling thing with, like, Tangier, the aggressive model. And how Tangier doesn't want the spotlight going to anyone but him. And you know, like how Zoe like knows the type and is set out against it, but like Russell is weirdly trusting in this episode. But that's because he doesn't know the the world of modeling. <laughs> but he likes it. He likes it a little bit from uh, you know what he did in uh the Expo factor uh it's like like Blythe dealing with Mona and all of the office stuff is interesting it's fun I mean it shows like the stress like like it it takes the stress up to 11 I think maybe people are that like worked to the bone and maybe it's not as much of an exaggeration as i would want it to be but <laughs> man i mean i guess that's why i called the episode trailblazer amazon but uh i there's just i'm it's a fine episode i don't I don't think like there's too much to it. It's fine. It's not bad. It's funny. Like there's like and Cloverfields. She she like brings it all together. It's uh. There there's I don't know what else to say. I mean I guess this is also. Like, the episode dedicated to the memory of the super best friends. Because they had, like, broken up, like, a few days before. It's... I don't know what else to say. So, I guess we're moving on to the next episode... Which is Winter Wonder Wah, so again, this is like one of the like winter episodes that they moved to be more in line with winter, but uh, you know, it's it's fine. Oh, I'm looking through my notes. <laughs> And when Blythe asks to use a landline, the twins laugh and say how 2005. because that's their frame of reference for that. Ugh. Ugh Oh boy. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna I'm getting up. I'm getting up. I, I actually really like this episode. Even though I thought I didn't. There, there's a lot to like in this episode. Just like the absurdity of how rich the biscuits are and like i like how like I, I just think this is a fake mountain okay i think they just like built this mountain near the city so that they could enjoy a mountain like whenever they wanted to without having to go too far or to a real mountain and you know it's it's just like They're so extra with it. They're like. Yeah we have these awesome beds. This awesome robot. This like Olympic sized. Jacuzzi. And. And it's like. They only. Want like. Blythe because. They think they're being nice. So they can get presents. And then. Like uh and then the whole thing with francois too like i love the fact that no one questions francois too's nature but i mean they should have because in the end he was actually fisher biscuit and it's like that was that's one of the best reveals ever in in this show at least uh And then Blythe saving the biscuits. When they fall down the mountain. Even after. uh, Like she finds out that the biscuits. Are just using her. To get in good with their dad. And then their dad is like. Yo I'm rehiring Francois. Doubling his pay rate. And if you're nice to him. You might get a present. (laughs) That's. Oh that's. uh, That's great. And like. I don't know, the the Parker uh, B-plot is also really interesting and fun. But, like, the A-plot is where it's at. Like, the B-plot is still good, don't get me wrong. Like, the B-plot gave us a good everyone-in-suits moment. And I love everyone-in-suits. But, like, the A-plot is just so... So interesting like it's a glimpse into the mind of like two people who are so grossly rich that like what seems normal to them is just like another world almost and it's just it's fun to like get a glimpse inside that to see why you know no one should be that grossly rich uh so i i guess that's it so the next episode is sleeper so this is another episode where the b plot is solid but the a plot is just like so much better like, the B-plot with, like, Fisher and the twins trying to figure out why they don't have as many customers as little Pet Shop does right now is full of, like, interesting hijinks and comedic misunderstandings and how, like, water is the source of money. <laughs> Somehow, it's fantastic. But, uh, like, the A plot that's just, like, a parody of Weekend at Bernie's is just the funnest thing. Because, like, it's a parody of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, who thought that was an idea that that could work? I mean, it works. It's a good episode, it's fun i love the little song they have even though it doesn't you know parody like the actual song that weekend at bernie's has but like this is overall a very fun episode and like Vinny and sunil trying to like keep keep everything uh like afloat even though like the even though, like, Von Butt is obviously asleep. They just paint eyes on him. They just carry him around, answer for him. It Like, no one seems to catch on. That's the funny part. <laughs> it's just... Ugh. Oh, boy. And, like, Penny falling for uh, Mr. Von Butt, And... <laughs> And <laughs> like, uh, like, there's just, like, there's not really much to say. It's just, it's an amusing parody of a, like, weird movie to choose, but they somehow land it? They somehow get the idea through. Well, for one, because Mr. Von Fuzzlebutt doesn't die. He's just asleep. Okay, nope, I just, like, thought of that one line from Famous Last Words. But, back on track, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just a fun episode. I don't, I don't really think there's, like, much more I can say on that. It, it just is. It's not like, it's not like Secret q where it's, like, very ridiculous, and I can go on and on. It's just here's the parody of a movie, and you know, it works like the hijinks ensue. Man, I am saying hijinks a lot today, so I guess we are going to go into hamster hoods right now. So, this episode is peculiar it there's um hmm so like I don't I don't even know where to begin exactly there's just like someone steals from the largest ever pet shop and then it somehow ends up in like the littlest pet shop So Blythe returns it, but the Biscuits are, you stole it. And Blythe's like, I didn't steal it. But in the Biscuits' defense, like Blythe and the Biscuits aren't, uh, you know, exactly. they, They don't see eye to eye. Like it makes sense for the Biscuits to be suspicious of Blythe. Because, you know, again, they don't see eye to eye. But then it turns out that the thieves are actually these two hamsters named Dodger and Twist. uh, Named after the characters from Oliver Twist. I said it right this time. I said it right this time. Uh. Anyway, uh, and, like, they're doing it to redistribute wealth, and, like, this episode just, like, comes off across as, like, man, wealthy people just kind of suck, cause, like, the news anchor, the local news anchor, like, rolls her eyes when, like, the rich person just wants to enrich himself further, (laughs) and then, like, you know the the two hamsters want to like give the things to those who need it which is very moral but like pepper is like well yeah but like stealing is wrong though and like i i like she agrees that like the redistribution of wealth is like something that needs to be done but Like she doesn't agree with the methods and then like when like Pepper and Vinny get caught and like Blythe has to like and then like in the end it turns out that like all of the stuff that was stolen was actually just thrown out because again the biscuits are terrible rich people they just throw out stuff because it's not in style not because it's like not a necessity or it's broken or something like that cuz like like oh god i'm so done with rich people uh like they they are like just awful and then like i mean it, it's weird cuz like in the end Dodger and Twist, like, agree not to steal anymore and just go dumpster diving because people just throw out perfectly good stuff. And I guess that's a solution? But it's not the best solution. Like, like, uh. So, here's a story. When I was a child... I did not understand why there's a minimum wage because I didn't know how the world worked. And I proposed that there should be a maximum wage that you cannot earn more than this much money in a year. That was my idea. And I've been thinking about that. That's not a bad idea. Like, everything else goes into, like, different programs that, like, you know, help people who can't even make minimum wage, you know? Like, get everyone up on their own two feet so they don't have to starve or live without a home or try to find balance in a world that is in And this episode... Just, like, really illustrates that point. Like, all of the people, or pets, rather, that, like, Dodger and Twist give the stuff to, like, need that stuff. Like, I guess, like, the show can't get too political, but I get political with it because of the whole wealth redistribution. And, like, I mean, they bring up Robin Hood in this episode... Like, how is that even, like, a story that persists? Because, like, if, like, like, the whole thing is about the redistribution of wealth. It's not about, like, stealing it and keeping it for yourself. It's about stealing it and giving it to the poor. It's basically, like, like, I mean, if if Robin Hood was, like, a, a story of, like, you know, like, like if it was written by the right, they they would say, "Oh, Robin Hood's the villain in all of this." But like, Robin Hood like comes out the hero in like every iteration of the story that I understand. Like, yeah, of course it's good to give money to the poor. Like. Do that! Don't be a greedy, greedy poop face. I was really trying not to swear there. It's just. Man, like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop before this just turns into. Uh. You know, just just politics after a certain point. So we're going on to the episode... Uh, Star- Snow Starman. There we go. Um, hmm. All right, you know, this episode isn't bad either. I might not have a lot to say about this. Mm, I mean, it could be better... But it could be worse. Uh, I don't know. It's just. It's just like. the, the like, Hmm. Wow. Uh, this is my second come down. After. Getting enthusiastic about a topic. <laughs> so. Like. The the idea of the episode is that they're snowed in and the pets already just dislike each other because of, like, all the little, like, niggling, you know, doubts just of you know, get to them after a while. It's... <clears throat> man, man, where did my energy go? Like, like the the sudden and severity of the snowfall is just, is a fun little bit. Oh, wait, I'm back to politics because I'm going to talk about global warming now. We should probably prevent that or, you know, work to make sure it's not worse than it is currently. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, politics really finds a way to get into this. So, I don't know, like, the whole, like, Roger side story is, like, this really funny, goofy cartoon where he ends up anywhere but where he wants to. But then, like, at the end, Roger, like, is about to die. And the pets have to come together to save his life. Much like how we all have to come together and save our lives from global warming. <sighs> but, like... It's just... I mean, the episode's fine. It's just... I don't... I don't know. Like, like the thing is... Like, I did mention this. And I guess this is also a good time to mention... The other thing is that it's, like, a weaker version of, like, my overkill from Scrubs. Because, like, in my overkill, like, they get over it by just spending time away from each other. But in this, they get over it because they have to. Which, I mean, both are fine, but I think Scrubs, like, comes off stronger because it just says, like... Hey, sometimes we need a break from the people that we are closest to. And like this is like no, we can just work things out. Everything is fine. But everything's not always fine. It's just it's just weird. And the reason I also bring up like the overkill thing is uh, you know, this is also uh the last episode so far that i've done like like a song parody thing in the beginning and i don't know i just figured that like i was i was trying for those sometimes and i don't know i i resolved to do them only when necessary but like i just i guess after this it just didn't become necessary and it's just like an extra thing That, like, you know, I I I didn't want to do anymore. Or, I might do it if, like, it lines up correctly. Like, the only reason I did that stuff in the first place is just because I wanted to get that, like, Thin Lizzy jailbreak thing in Gale Break. But I couldn't find a good place to do it in the episode. So that's, that's snowstormin'. So, next is Tongue Tied. So, like, this episode's interesting. As we've been over recently, it begins with, like, a Disney Princess song parody, and it only gets weirder from there. Or, like, All of the animals suddenly know Blythe can talk to them, so they want to talk about their uh, problems. But then Blythe finds an animal that she can't speak to because she's speaking another language. And, like, that, that I find interesting. That is a cool, hard limit to have. That is... Interesting and fun, and then, like I don't know there their attempts to figure it out, and like how Blythe kind of works it out eventually that's that's actually a really fun thing slightly slightly brought down by minka and her attitude towards language sometimes it's uh. Eh, it's not. It's not fun. But like everything else about the A story, I find to be fun, because like I really like language and its development, and it's like fun to me. And then like the whole thing where Zoe and Russell take over, giving pet advice, and then it just like blows up in their face after a while. That's like, that's fun and interesting at times and it certainly has its moments but like I don't know I like the whole language thing and the hard limit to Blythe's powers and it's just really really fun like that part is fun like I mean the Zoe Russell bit is also fun but it's not as fun I think that's kind of like a thing this show has is that like a lot of the time like one story is a lot better than the other story that's just like a thing and it's not even always like the a story outshining the b story sometimes the b story outshines the a story in that respect but in this case and in pretty much every case i've said in this episode it's like the a story that like takes it for me and like uh jeby is very cute i still have not learned korean to know what she is saying but like she's cute her her dilemma is fun Well, not fun, but it. Like, the way it works out and the way everything just comes together in the end is fun. And how, like, Blythe gets a lot of lucky breaks because she literally is just a Disney princess. And because I was playing, like, so much Kingdom Hearts 3 at that time, I just, like, you know, kind of infused it. Because, like, that's fun to me. And I love Kingdom Hearts. And I already mentioned that, like, Maybe Kingdom Hearts (laughs) exists in this world. So why not? It's just... uh, It's very, very fun. And I mean, I guess like the other thing I want to bring up quick is the whole idea of like getting crap past the radar. And I don't know. It just... It just feels... Like a bit unnecessary at times, or like it like it feels more like the radar doesn't care that's 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 the thing, so I guess that's all I have for that episode, so now we're moving on to what's so scary about the jungle everything um. You know, this is a this is a pretty good episode. I think something that helps it is that there's no B story. It's just one story about, like, one thing, and it just has a lot of players. Because, uh, you know, like, it's about the zoologist, a friend of Mrs. Trombley's, who also hosts a PBS Kids zoological show. And how much, like, Penny loves the show, but, like, you know, the zoologist is afraid of Penny for some reason. It's just a really solid episode all around. Like, there, there's nothing in it that, like, I would say is bad or upsetting or, you know, like, like, too much. It's all just the right amount. I, like... Everything has to do with the one thing, and, like, it keeps it on track, and I really love that about this episode, and I just like the setup in general, because, like, it's a very interesting setup, I I like how, like, the conflict resolves itself, and how, like, Blythe just, like, dodges, like, the question of how she could know this, like, it's nobody's business, and it's just really interesting to see, like, like, a, a good focused episode. Like, one with, with a true focus. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I like the episode. I don't really know how much more I have to say about this episode. Uh, it's just... It's just fun, like, like, Tess McSavage is a fun character, like, the struggle she goes through, and the struggle Penny goes through, and then, uh, you know, son, uh, hold on, what was the name of the, what was the name of the gorilla? Gorilla's name was, bop, 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 Sunshine Sweetness. I knew it was Sunshine something or Sunny something. I thought it was Sunshine. And Wiggles McSun That's, that's what I was confusing it with. Uh, this is gonna take a while. I love all, like, the moving parts it takes. This is just, this is just a good episode. There's not really that much to say. So, I guess now we are moving on to Two Pets for Two Pests which is an episode that should have only had one plot but it doesn't and i hate the b plot in this because it it's stupid and i hate it and and i forget that exists it's just the, the best thing to come out of the b plot is like the continuity of Sunil just Sucking at painting at the, like, end of the season. (laughs) Like, that's the best thing about it. Because otherwise it's just, like, tedious and pointless to watch. Like, the A-plot with, like, the, the chinchillas... And them being at school and being owned by the biscuits... And trying to get them to do that permanently is is fun, it's cool, it's neat. I love seeing that. I love seeing evil characters being put in situations that make them not so evil in the end. Like, I, I love seeing that because, like, I'm one of those stupid people who has optimism, I guess. I love seeing that because I just... Do. It's just part of who I am I, I love seeing People being brought around Even if it's only like a little bit And like It's even not that brought around Cause like Cashmere and Velvet Are also Not Great But that's what makes them Like Good to be with the biscuits And Blythe knows this And she uses her Phantom Santa abilities. I am sticking with that. I am sticking with that because it's a lot more fun to imagine than Inception, but they have to be asleep in Inception and it's in their mind, not their heart. Like it's like uh No I love I love the Phantom Santa thing more. Okay? That's why I'm sticking with it. <laughs> okay. But I just love the, like, dynamic that, like, this this episode has between like, Penny, Vinny, Blythe, Cashmere, and Velvet. And I also learned that there are two ways to spell, spell Cashmere, depending on what you're referring to. <laughs> i I have since learned that, I did not learn that, in, uh, this episode, at all, cause I really thought there was only one way to spell cashmere, it's a, confusing, confusing thing, okay, but like, seriously, like, this might be the beginning of the biscuit redemption arc maybe not it's uh it's complicated but people are complicated and it's nice to see them like do something not particularly evil for once just like come around at the end and even though it's not like you know them being saints at the end of this, they're still doing a nice thing for, like, people who deserve them. Or pets who deserve them, rather. And I love the bit at the end where Francois is like, I've actually been raising chinchillas all my life before I became a butler. So I I will, you know, pick up the slack. And there's going to be a lot of slack. Because they're the biscuits, and they're kinda lazy, but... But they do do some stuff, especially if they enjoy it. And, like, I like the, like, follow-up that they did with, in, like, So Like Bored, that short. I don't know, well... Okay, I know I didn't really watch the shorts, cause... I mean, I don't know I didn't watch the shorts, but... I also do, cause there it was out of the way, I guess. It's a, it's a thing. Uh, yeah, no, there's just ah, it's just the the A plot is good. The B plot can die in a fire. Uh, but. That will be it for that. And so we are now moving on to possibly my favorite episode of the entire series. Definitely my favorite in the entire third season. And that is the secret recipe. And again, it's focused. It only has one... Like, story going throughout the whole thing. There's no B-plot about Russell, uh, dinking about. I I don't know. It's just... It's a very heartwarming, delightful episode that, like, talks about friendship and, like... What it means, and like when to be honest with your friends, even if it's something that they don't want to hear or you don't want to be judged for. Like there is a lot to this episode. I love this episode back and forth. Like at the be- like the beginning, where like young me is doing like the presentation for the class, Blythe is helping along. They show like the dynamic of their friendship right away. That like they're willing to help each other and Young Mi is a lot more like open and energetic, but Blythe is still like creative and like easy to work with people and willing to support Young Me, and like Young Me's willing to support Blythe. And and then like the problem comes in when Young Me's treats aren't tasty to them to Buttercream and the rest of the pets eventually and then that presents a problem where like Blythe lies to make young me feel better because that that gives young me the confidence to go to the bear cave and then like like Blythe knows that if she goes to the bear cave with Buttercream who doesn't like the treats Like, she'll be ruined, and this will be terrible. And she doesn't know what to do. And it just comes to a crossroads where, like, Blythe tries to work up the courage to tell young me that she can speak to animals. And she just can't do it. She, like, does all of this other stuff, and... She. It looks like her young her friendship with Young Me is just gonna fail in the end, but like both Blythe and Young Me come through in the end because like Blythe shows up at the bear cave despite Young Me yelling at her about getting in her way by baking those treats, and 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 then like when when Young Me realizes that like Blythe was right because uh Buttercream likes Blythe's treats and not necessarily Young Me's like she she accepts it and they have a heart to heart and like Blythe tells young me her secret. It's just so so delightful so sweet delightful if you will It's I can't it's It's a beautiful episode. It's very beautiful. it is It, it has jokes. It's funny. It, it It has a good story, a good structure. It really outlines like the two characters at the center of it. It's just i I love this episode. It's so good, so good. So good. I I asked the question, "Can my heart take this episode?" And apparently not. Apparently not. So let's just move on. Oh, what is the next episode? Uh, the next episode is oh, feud for thought. Okay, so a more funny episode, I guess. Not not as like sweet, and endearing. So, hmm. I don't, I don't think this is a bad episode. I think, uh, I think this is a good episode. It has some good moments. But, I do think the, um... You know what, I'm not even sure what the A-plot and B-plot is. Because, like, they both revolve around the title. That's how I usually make the A-plot, B-plot distinction. I I prefer the human plot a little more than the animal plot. Because the animal plot is just, like, a silly reinterpretation of uh the Hatfields and McCoys. And as, like, delightful as that is at times... And as, like, you know, <laughs> weird as it is... Like, the human aspect feels a lot more human. Like, I mean, you they don't have trouble writing pets in, the, like, more human contexts. But sometimes they just don't do it. To reiterate that the pets aren't human... And, like, the, the reason the Koalas fight, it just boils down to, it's just what they do. And then they get everyone else involved because that's just what they do. It's a thing. I, I don't hate it. I like it. It's funny. It's goofy. It has, like, stuff going for it. But the human aspect where like the biscuits want to stop hanging out because, uh, Brittany got a higher grade on her test than Whitney, uh, and she wants to hang out with the smart kids, which is Blythe and her friends. And like, they just make Blythe and her friends' life miserable, it's just... And then, like, when, uh, like, Blythe and her friends bring the twins back together. That's a good moment. That's a good human moment. It's... I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot to this. I mean, I did also go off on the, like, chronology of, uh... This at the beginning. That's what the title is. But I really more want to talk about the episode. A little more. Because like. Like I, I mean. I just thought of this like right now. But like. What if this is like. A more subtle. Like door jammed situation. Like. Both are solved. By Purified Biscuit essentially or both are helped by it at least. <laughs> Cause like the the whole thing at the end where like Blythe uh like Blythe's whole stunt to get them back together works out probably better than it should have. But it's also like you know, Brittany like doesn't want to hang out with just any smart kids or any smarter kids she wants to hang out with Blythe and her friends and maybe that's a hint that like you know both that the other biscuit twin also kind of wants to hang out with Blythe for real and that they just can't bring themselves to say it and I mean I think I also kind of talked about this in the episode where, like, I don't know, Brittany's guard was more up. Hmm. I don't know, there's there's a lot to think about. They They put a lot of thought into that, but not into the timeline. Or maybe they did, and I just don't know what it is. Like, seriously, oh yeah, also, I tried to do a little bit of, like, you know, adding stuff during editing. And I've kind of stopped doing that a little bit. I wanted to do more, but, like, at the same time, it, it, I just, I was, like, caught up in a lot of things. I just, like, like, my, I, I'm, I, I had a lot going on. I I might try to do some more later, but, eh, so I guess that's that for this episode, so the next episode would be, oh, fish out of water, okay, this is another interesting episode, Um, I'd say it's better than the last episode, but, you know, it's still, it's still a good episode. Like, like, the pets, the story that focuses on the pets isn't, you know, entirely just stupid and pointless. There's, like, a real element in there. A real something that, like, gets you a little more invested than just, like, hijinks. And I'm not saying that like just hijinks isn't a good way to make an episode. But it's like just hijinks opposed to not hi- not just hijinks is where we get a little bit of a problem. But this is like not just hijinks uh, like pitted against not just hijinks. Where like there's a real sense of like danger and like, they, they, like the pets are just trying to help a fish achieve his dream of, you know, being a thrill seeker. And, you know, like, Blythe also wants to check in on her crush because he's apparently working at the largest ever pet shop. I seriously want to know these kids' age. Like... Okay, Wikipedia says that they're in high school, but I just can't believe that. They look younger than that. They look like they're, like, 12. I say 13 because that's a compromise. But that still just puts them in middle school. And, like, Blythe's job is more quid pro quo than anything. Blythe's job is just come and hang out with the animals, help around the thing whenever and also you can sell your own stuff like just whenever I don't know and like yeah it's lucky that Blythe wants to do it a lot of the time but this like I don't know how much it makes sense but like I guess the Fishers aren't like concerned too much with Labor laws? I don't know, it's weird. But like Blythe checking in on Josh Sharp as he begins his first day in the largest ever pet shop is really endearing. And it's like this really good dynamic that they have going where Blythe like really, really just wants to make sure Josh Sharp is okay. And like, like, yeah, she's, I, okay. Okay, I guess. mm, I would have preferred it at this point that like Blythe and Josh had started dating. But this episode works either way on that front, whether or not. Blythe is actually dating Josh or not. And it kind of works a little better that they're not. Because, like, the whole thing with, like, the chinchillas. And Blythe walking Josh to the Lilless Pet Shop to help the chinchillas. And they talk. And it's sweet. And I love it. It's so, so good. And then the whole thing with the pets helping like Goldie out, I think is yeah Goldie, Goldie out, and like how like he falls into the sewer, so they have to like go through the sewers, and I also make a big deal about how there's a sewer and the storm drain, and that they're two different things, and i don't I don't know, hmm, and. Like eventually throughout all of that led me to believe that this is the universe where Al Gore was president. And you know like the whole the whole environment of the sewer is actually really interesting. I like the weird French raccoons that just live there and the rest of the French animals. And then there's just like a Canadian alligator, who, <laughs> who just like lives down there, compacts trash, and sends it to like, the like the trash compactors, uh, and, and just because he's nice, <laughs> like like uh I don't. I actually don't know which story I prefer. I think this is a solid all-around episode. Like, both episodes have their, like, moments of, like, endearing, serious, dangerous, funny. It has it all. This is a solid episode, beginning to end. And, like, one I would recommend. Okay, so... The next episode would be... If the Shoe Fits, which... I don't, I am not 100% sure why it's called that. Like, I know it's because the pets are in a human suit and they have shoes and they lose a shoe and Fisher, like, finds a shoe like it's Cinderella, but that's not even like the main focus of the episode. Like, I would argue that that is a B-plot. Just because it feels less important. Like, it just is. Like, this is, like... This defies, like, the whole... If it's in the title, it's the A-plot. Because that is very not important for a lot of the episode like I just I don't know there there's just I don't know but like the the whole episode is is fairly weird I like it but it's weird it's like I don't know how else to describe it I am at a loss of words. This is just, like, I just, I called it the weird episode for a reason, because, like, it's just weird, man. (laughs) Like, we're introduced to the Soul Patches because they're headlining the Biscuits' birthday party, and, like, like, Blythe and her friends are invited and they just want to go because of the soul patches. And... ah, There's just so much. There's, like, all these little bits of dialogue that are weird. Oh, oh, one thing I do remember calling out uh, is that, like... Hold on, let me see if I can find it in my notes. Just, uh... Just let me. Okay, I, while I'm looking, uh, let me. I do like the, the bit where, like, Francois is walking up and, like, the twins are like, uh, Francois. And then he just turns around. Okay, yeah, here it is. Okay. So, like, Young Me says, like, one of the lyrics to a Soul Patches song is, I wear black because I'm sad. And I kind of called that out for being a little too direct. But recently I've been getting into, uh, like, Fallout Boy's Mania album, which I kind of wrote off for a little while, mainly because of Young and Menace. I do not like Young and Menace. But I like a lot of the other songs on it. Uh, And one of them is uh, Wilson, parenthesis, Expensive Mistakes. That has the lyric, I'll stop wearing black when they make a darker color, which is also a little direct, but I'd say I wear black because I'm sad is a little more direct. I, I still like Wilson parentheses expensive mistakes, Ugh. but like, I don't know, like the, the, The inherent idea behind the episode isn't bad. It's just everything that goes in it is weird. And I guess that's all I have to say about that. So, okay, we're finally at the last episode that, like, Netflix threw me off on and oh dear, I just remembered what it was. It's the very littlest pet shop. And oh boy. Oh boy I don't like okay this this episode isn't bad. It's just disappointing. It's just so disappointing. Like, what What possible reason could you have for this to be the everything is a dream episode? Because I don't know. Cause, like, I don't know because I can accept that, like, this kind of magic is available in this universe. I can accept that because this universe expects me to accept dumber things. This universe expects me to accept that, like, a a medicine can eliminate an ability to talk to animals temporarily. It expects me to accept kung fu quilting as... A legitimate thing. Like. It's just a quirky little martial art. Instead of like a. What? No. No go away. (laughs) Don't do this. Ever. Because it's dumb and stupid. And nobody will like it. It expects me to. Accept a lot of things. And. And then it does this. And here's the thing, the other thing that makes this, like, disappointing, is that up until that point, it's a good episode. Up until that point, I'd say it's, like, one of the better episodes of season three. Up until that point, it was amazing and well shot, well directed, well acted, well written, everything. And then they just take it all away from you. For no good reason. It's essentially the, like, How I Met Your Mother of Littlest Pet Shop episodes. Everything was going so well. It was riding high. It did everything it could do to make you feel great. And then it just, like, Tears the rug out from under you and makes you fall on your face and break your nose. And then... (sighs) Forget it. Forget it. I just... I've said my piece on this. It's... uh, I would talk about, like, a lot of the facets of this episode, but they don't matter. I would talk about how much I love Alice as a character in this episode, but it doesn't matter. I would love to talk about the morals this episode presents, but they don't matter. And, like, okay, here's something. Here is something I can talk about just a little bit. So, I listen to a variety of podcasts, and one of them I listened to said that they found a thing where, like, oh, why are people upset when, like, something in a TV show is, like, all a dream, blah, 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 blah. Like, TV shows are inherently fake, or whatever. Like, okay, yes, but that's not the point of a TV show. The point of a TV show isn't... Like it's supposed to be fake. The point of a TV show. Is that it's supposed to like. Defy its fakeness. Or the point of any fictional media really. Is that it's supposed to defy its fakeness. So that it generates real feelings. Out of you. That's how I look at fiction and then like and like and it's all a dream episode without the proper context is like someone crying because you know they're like someone in their family died and then you go over and comfort them And then they're like, "No one in my family's actually dead," and they kick you in the balls. That's what it's like. It it feels like, oh, you've been fake routed. It's just, I don't, I don't want to talk about this episode anymore. It's so, uh, it's it's a sucker punch, straight in the balls. Mm. so the next episode okay okay we're bringing it back you're bringing it back it is back window <laughs> and it's oh uh, this episode is great it's great it's it's dumb but serious and I love it it's like a, an Alfred Hitchcock send up and it's amazing. I don't know why they decided to do this, but it is the pick me up I need after d- the previous episode. It it is it is amazing what what they can do. So like like the whole thing with uh you know face plant the questionably dangerous game show and, and like uh, oh everything about this episode is just great it it it's it's homaging Alfred Hitchcock in presenting Russell to be this like jealous jealous person about Josh and like. <laughs> Like, like the, the rest of the pets aren't that better because, like, I don't know, they, they'd rather practice for a questionably dangerous game show than keep Russell company. And, you know, like, you should keep Russell company. Like, you should keep anyone company who's injured and can't do much. But, like, the whole thing with, like, Blythe throwing out her old designs and Josh stealing them and Russell being like, oh, he must be evil! And making a big deal out of it is amazing. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. Oh, uh, uh, this episode is me smiling ear to ear. Because... it's. <laughs> It's a, it's a rear window parody, along with send-ups to other Alfred Hitchcock ventures. It's, it's amazing. I don't know why they did this, but it is just the thing I needed after the previous so, and after having to do that again, and, uh, okay now, now, now we're going down to another pseudo bring down okay, this isn't a terrible episode it's a uh, it has its moments it hmm ah uh, eh, I don't know it's 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 something. It's... It's fine. It it doesn't... Suck. Um... (laughs) So, I don't know. Like... Like, the whole point of the episode is just, like... Don't question things. Kind of... I don't... Don't question the status quo. Whoa. Maybe because of the whole thing with, like, Blythe wanting to redesign a room, but Roger being sad about it. And, like, Blythe realizing that this isn't who she is. But, like, okay. Like, I'm torn on that because, like, yeah, you shouldn't follow teen magazines like they're scripture. And that is a good lesson. But if like you want to change your room around a little bit, you should be free to do that as well. You shouldn't have Roger guilt trip you on that. Which is weird for Roger to do. I don't know. Like, it's not malicious on Roger's part. Because, like... Like the the room Blythe designed off of the teen magazine really felt like a dark and dreary office. Like like I just mentioned how I Met your mother a little while ago. It's like how like Benson describes how he wants his office to look. Uh, you come in in the dark, you work in the dark, you go home in the dark. Everything about this is dark. And that that's just a little little weird and like I think Blythe should have kept some of the designs like not all of the designs mind you but like I don't know some of the designs that like actually reflect on who she is and then like the whole thing with meow meow Of, like, asking why and the pet's not having answers and they try to figure it out. Is. Eh. It's fine enough. It's not. It's not the worst. But, like. I don't know. There's just... I mean, this this episode has its moments. Like, the whole, like, climax of the episode of Meow Meow being, like, caught in the dumbwaiter. Like, that, like, and the resolution to that is... Fine, and like some of the stories is fine it it's all fine. this is the fine episode if if the shoe fits is the weird episode. this is the like okay episode or the sure whatever episode, and now the pick me up from that. Why can't we be friends? Now, even though I say in this episode that they could have had it so much better, this is a good episode and definitely one of my favorites of the season, if not the series. And it's just a delightful episode about making new friends and keeping old friends. And, like, the A-plot and B-plot I actually don't know which is which because, again, they both circle around the theme. But, like, the A-plot with Blythe meeting, like, another fashion-forward teen and clicking immediately, seemingly leaving behind her other friends, is a good story. And Vinny making friends with a spider, but his best friend is arachnophobic... Is also another good dynamic. And they play out both of these dynamics really well. And it's so so good. How, how they do it. And like yeah the pet side is a little goofier. But it's not too goofy. That it just kind of takes you out of it. Like feud for thought. It's still really serious. And still really intense at times. But like... It's just strong. This is just a strong episode. And there's not much more to be said about that. So now we move on to Pet Sounds. Which, not as strong, I will argue. It's not terribly weak. It's it's a fun episode. And, like, the misunderstanding is really fun, and it's a really fun, like, twist on how most misunderstandings usually work in this show. It's really interesting, but, like... I don't know. My biggest complaint with the episode is basically I is what what is the whole like barrier between human and animal speaking? Cause it's not different animals cause different animals can speak with each other. It's not different languages because animals adopt human languages you just gotta learn animals speak first. You just don't say what it is, and yet it's a thing that they actively pursue in the universe. That's just my thing. Other than that, it's a solid episode. I like Cheep Cheep as a character and Professor Toppleton as a character. Superman as a character, he's getting the Toppleton Award. Like they're they're pretty good, and like. The the conflict between like you know finding cheap cheap in the city is like fun and interesting and you know there there's all sorts of really interesting things going on and I love like the scenes where cheap cheap thinks he can talk to humans but he just Can't, and there's like a bunch of misunderstandings because of that. There's endearing quality to this episode, it's just the whole translation thing is what gets to me because, like, it's one thing if it's not something that appears to be actively pursued, it's another when it is, like in this show. And like I know, in real life, we we do want to communicate better with animals, but I don't know. This seems like there should be a little more to it than this. I don't know. Just you would think like the weirdness of the universe would like spiral around for this, but it. So let's just move on to the next episode, which is the sister story. Uh, This is actually a really good, fun episode. I love Roger and Moe's dynamic here, which is being overly competitive. And it goes very interesting places. It is fun. It is fun. Funny, It is... Delightful... Beginning to end... It is... I don't know... It's just... So... So fun... And so charming... Because it's a Roger-focused episode... And Roger is fun and delightful and charming... And endearing... And like the The whole thing where like he and his sister are just overly competitive, and like it gets semi serious at the end, but they still uh like compete a little bit, but they they clear the air on why, and like I mean they don't have to just be competitive, but I'm wondering how it got to that point in the first place. It's just a thing I guess they have going. Or maybe a thing that, like, Mo does to, like, cheer Roger up because his wife is no longer there for some unspecified reason. And it's like, hey, we can be competitive. Just like just like we were when we were kids, so you don't have to focus on whatever. But, like, I guess that also works because... In the end, Mo sees that, like, Roger has Blythe to, like, kind of help him along with that. So she doesn't need to do that as hard anymore. But, like, the big llama chase all over the city was fun. It's, it's such a good episode. So, uh, the next episode is A Night at the Paza. Which is I'm gonna be honest, not that great of an episode. Like the the leaps in logic it takes for the plot to make sense is is another thing entirely. It just like I don't know, like sure, Littlest Pet Shop shuts down due to ants, Mrs. Chombley Needs to find a different place. They find the Paza. And then they see the Paza isn't all that it's cracked up to be. So they decide to fix it up. Good start. Uh, The Biscuits see the Littlest Pet Shuttle outside. And then they somehow called the number to the building that they know. But they don't know that it's not Littlest Pet Shop. So Blythe answers that it's Littlest Pet Shop. And Fisher wants to destroy the Littlest Pet Hotel. Despite it not being a thing. And then... And then they just... It just goes from, Like the whole conflict of this episode... It's just manufactured out of thin air. There's no real reason for any of that to be happening. It's, like, there are moments I like in it. There are, like, the whole evil laugh scene is great. The the villain song is great. Like, I don't know, a new addition to, like, Blythe's biscuit power repertoire is always fun and the scene that comes before it where like you're the fake building inspector guy uh come like gets his it's amazing like there are bits I like about this episode but this episode is not structured well there are like there are a lot of leaps in logic that you have to take in order for this to make sense. And I just I just can't do that. Especially since I'm just looking into the episode. Like, deeply. Uh, it has good parts, but... Eh, it's... It's not great. So now we move on to proud as a peacock Uh, this episode is fun it's a fun episode I don't know if it's one of the best episodes of the season but it's it's a good episode of the season like I like the like story with Basil the peacock and how like Pepper tries to get him motivated, and uh, that's that's a nice little story right there. Again, it's not too goofy. It it's rather serious at times, but not too serious, I guess. It's it's fun, and then the B plot is like young me telling Blythe some of her ideas on how Blythe could use her power, which like I think is a good like dynamic to pull. It's a like the opportunity presents itself very well. And it's really interesting to see what young me comes up with. And it's really interesting to see like Blythe react to all of this where like Blythe, Blythe knows that like young me is just full of good intentions, but like Blythe also knows that this is like her life and her power that she's dealing with. And like, she, she doesn't know what to think or what to do. And she's not ready to like tell the general populace at large like she was barely ready to tell young me and like young me is just like going a mile a minute thinking like like it's a really good episode and one that highlights like their friendship really well and you know i guess that's all that i have to say about that it's a it's a good episode it's a good good episode, and then the next episode is Sue Syndrome, a really good episode, a really good episode, I don't, I don't even know what, well, yeah, I really do have, like, a bias towards, like, the human stories, see, this is why I like doing these, uh, you know, retrospectives, because, like, Like, it puts a lot of things into perspective for me, where, like, you know, if I'm doing them individually, like, I do dig in more with them, but at the same time, like, I get a grander sense of, like, what this season is during the retrospective, and... I don't know, there have been a lot of points this season where I've said, I prefer the human story, I prefer the human story, I prefer the human story. It's just, it's weird in a show called Littlest Pet Shop. A lot of times I prefer the human story. I'm not saying that the pet stories are bad most of the time. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, the stuff with the humans just, Is more interesting to me. But. Whatever. For. Like. Both of these stories are really good. I just. I don't know. They're really good. Like it's neck and neck. But like. I do think the human story. Kind of edges it out. But. Both of them are really good. So. Let's start with like the Pepper and Mitzi story where like Mitzi is an overworked like artist who makes pleasant sense and you know Pepper is like the veteran artist who knows like when to like stop or when to say like hey you should do what you want to and, like, that whole arc where, like, Pepper's initially jealous. Because, like, Mitzi, Mitzi's stuff is really good. And, like, Pepper Pepper's pleasant scents are pleasant. But you don't get a lot of that. But then, like, everyone else, like, abuses Mitzi. Like, it is uncomfortable at times. And then, like, Pepper has to save Mitzi. Because, you know, she's being overworked and can't take a break because the other pets are overworking her. Like, it's a great, great concept. And I love it. It's very fun. And, like, the way Pepper teaches her to stand up for herself and make a stink, it's great. And then, like, the suicide side of it, or the human side, where like Sue has a fear of public speaking, and like Blythe and her friends try to help get her over that. I feel that's really relatable. I don't. Hmm. Do I actually prefer the human story? Like, I think it's good, but like. Yeah, no. Most of the like mistakes of this episode common like that story where like I feel like they go one scene too long before Sue reveals that she has a fear of public speaking despite us picking up on the clues and I feel like the whole bit with the clowns was unnecessary and really Blythe should have told Sue in this episode that she can speak to animals like, it's yeah no I I think I might prefer the the animal part, maybe I don't know because like the animal part is flawless. Like the the human side might have like I don't know what it has it has some good moments it has like some good camaraderie between Blythe and her human friends. And, like, the moment where, like, Blythe pulls out the, uh, like, treadmill that Sue's running on to do her speech, on, um, it's, oh, that's, that's a good moment. That is a power move. But, I don't know, I guess I said I liked the human part more because of what I wanted it to be and not what it is. It's still great. Like, both of these are, like, high quality for this show at least I don't I don't know there's like when when I say like top tier or high quality I do mean that like in reference to like this show and what I expect out of it I don't I don't know how this compares to other shows because I mean Like, this show has a lot of great stuff in it, but it also has a lot of flaws. And, like, hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's an odd show. Like, it's a very, very odd show. But this episode is really great, and I would recommend it highly if you're interested in the show at all. So, uh, yeah, now we're going over to the second to last episode of the season, In The Loop. Oh boy, this episode, it's, uh, it's, it's good, don't get me wrong, it's a good, good episode, but it's, also, kind of odd it's i don't it's like a take on Groundhog day i don't i don't know i'm it's a good episode, but I'm just confused by it like I'm not a hundred percent sure why they would parody Groundhog Day other than it's a good movie, which it is. And, like, they don't even, like, do that much. It's not, for for all, what I can tell about this show's timeline, it's not even Groundhog Day. It's not even, like, the actual Groundhog Day. There's just a groundhog. And his name is Harold, after Harold Ramus, so that's a nice touch, but, like... There's, I don't know, it's, it's a good episode, it's a fun episode. I'm just befuddled by it, because, like, it's, it's fun, I just don't quite understand why. It's like, Russell thinks that, like, this Harold character is annoying, it's really, like, more of a combination of, like, Groundhog Day and What About Bob. From what I can tell about What About Bob. It's about this guy who is just annoying. And there's his therapist who just wants to be rid of him. But They can't. But now it's Groundhog Day. It's just, like, it's a good setup. And it's a good you know thing and I like how like Russell eventually takes it in stride and like I like the resolution and I don't know the bit at the end is a little funny hmm there's just I'll not oh the bat I love the little bat in, in that one scene hmm I don't know And then I did talk about Latin for a little bit in this because of like what they say. I don't know. But like, I don't know. Like the thing that bothers me the most is that this is real. This episode is real for all intents and purposes. Like this happened to Russell. And yet The Very Littlest Pet Shop didn't happen. That is, like, the biggest, like, troll of all. Like, because, like, Groundhog Day doesn't have an explanation. I, like, I fan-explained it. I kind of figured it out, maybe, at the end. But there is no explanation for Groundhog Day or this. This is just the day repeats for no known or specified reason. Meanwhile, uh, Dolores' shrinking magic has a specified reason, a specified point of origin in the show, and yet, that's the fake one. There's an explanation for the fake thing. And not the real magic. Uh No. I just don't like that episode. I like this episode. It's a fun episode. I kept saying that. I keep saying that because it's true. It's a fun little thing about Russell coming to terms... With, you know, not being so uptight with people. Especially people he doesn't know. And people who attract attention away from him. And people who, you know, are naturally charismatic. Whereas Russell is a bit more uptight. It's it's a fun episode. Wrapped in, like, this, like, Groundhog Day wrapper. And it's amazing. So... The final episode of season three is, of course, it's the Pet Fest, And I gotta say, this is a very good episode. It's a very solid episode beginning to end. It is great, one of the best of the season. There's just a lot. In it. And that's probably because it's a double length episode. But. It's also. Just really good on it's own. Like. It, it has like. A solid amount of jokes. It has. Like. A good setup. And punchline and payoff. For like. Everything that happens. And. There's just a lot to do with this episode. There's, like, so much. They they do their best to cram so much into these two episodes, and they do it well. And that's kind of why I said that, like, maybe more episodes should be, like, longer, that this show might have been better if, like, the episodes were... ...longer regularly... ...instead of... ...you know the 22 minutes... ...it's like the... ...48 minutes... ...or 44 minutes... ...rather... ...uh... ...and... ...like... ...there's just like some... ...like they bring in a lot of... ...things that they've built up... ...like the soul patches... ...the pausa... ...um... ...I don't know there's... ...there's a few other things... ...uh... Those are the two big ones that, like, facilitate the episode. But, I don't know. There's just... Hmm. There's a lot to this episode. And I just I just really like this episode. It's just... It's just good. That's all there is to say about that. Um... So, yeah, I guess that's uh, it for this retrospective. Uh, I will be coming back to you with regular episodes uh, soon. Hopefully by the end of the week. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, But I will be coming back to you with regular episodes. Hopefully more regularly. Instead of these weird random breaks I've been taking. Well, they're not random breaks at least. They they have explanations. Some of them are a lot more justifiable than others. But, you know, sometimes we all need a break. I basically took this month off from doing the podcast. Because, like, I had other stuff I wanted to do. And, you know... That's fine, but I am ready to get back in there. I'm ready to finish the series off, and we are gonna do that. so thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the Littlest Pet cast. Be sure to uh give your ratings and reviews on Child Engine on Apple Podcasts on the Google Play Store and wherever else r s s feeds go when they prefer the company of humans and be sure to tune in next time for the season four premiere the tortoise and the air i shall see you then